Beyond all hope, you won't let go of me. I stake my claim on every word you say. You will not be late. And I will sing through fire and thunder. Cause you are on my side. I trust you with my life. I know my story. It isn't over. Even against all odds. Faithful God, your faithful God. The darkest of weather, though I can't see, I still believe you're good. So I'm moving forward. Through crashing waves, I know I'm safe with you. You hold my life, you hear my cry with every breath inside. And I will sing through fire and thunder, cause you are on my side. I trust you with my life. I know my story, it isn't over. Even against all odds, you are a faithful God. That's who you are. You are a faithful God. that your promises will hold together and I will dwell in the hope of your love forever I am convinced that your promises will hold together and I will dwell in your love and I will sing through fire and thunder cause you are on my side I trust you with my life I know my story, it isn't over, even against all odds, you are a faithful God, that's who you are, you are a faithful God. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship this morning at Fusion. We're so glad that you're here this morning, as well as welcome to those who are online. We invite you to stand up and greet one another at this time with the peace of Christ. Psalm 41, verse 13. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, 
from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's sing praises to him this morning. say you do you'll be who you've always been to us Jesus our hope our hope is in you alone our strength in your mighty name our peace in the darkest day remains Jesus This we know We will see the enemy run This we know We will see the victory come We hold on To every promise you ever made Jesus, you are unfailing. Our guide through the wilderness, our joy in the heaviness. Oh, way when it seems there is no way, Jesus. you ever made Jesus you are unfailing we trust you we trust you your ways are higher than our own we trust you we trust you your ways are higher than our own. We trust you, Jesus, we trust you. Your ways are higher than our own. We trust you, Jesus, we trust you. Your ways are higher than our own. This we see the victory come we hold on to every promise you ever made jesus you are unfailing this we know we will see the enemy run this we know we will see the victory come we hold on Every promise you ever made, Jesus, you are unfailing. Jesus, 
Jesus, you are unfailing. Amen. This next song is a little bit new. Feel free to join us when it feels familiar. I'm calling on the God of Jacob Whose love endures through generations I know that you will keep your covenant I'm calling on the God of Moses The one who opened up the I need you now to do the same thing for me. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. I'm standing on your faithfulness. I'm calling on the God of Mary, whose favor rests upon the lowly. I know with you all things are possible. I'm calling on the God of David Who made a shepherd boy courageous I may not face Goliath But I've got my own giants Oh God, my God, I need you Oh God, my God, I need you now How I need you now Standing on your faithfulness. Oh, on your faithfulness. Oh, God, my God, I need you. Oh, God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh, rock, oh, rock of ages. I'm standing on your faithfulness. your children then you hear your children now you are the same God you are the same God you answered prayers back then you you will answer now you are the same God you are the same God you were providing then you are providing now you are the same god you are the same god you moved in power then god move 
in power now. You are the same God. You are the same God. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. I'm standing on your faithfulness. Oh, your faithfulness. Oh, God, my God, I need you. Oh, God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh, rock, oh, rock of ages. I'm standing on your faithfulness. Good morning. Okay, this is a question for the young people. How many of you are excited to go back to school? Uh, okay. How many of you are not excited to go back to school? Okay. I, I'm kind of getting a mixed reaction here, you know. Parents, how many of you are excited for your kids going back to school? <laughs> Those of you young people who don't want to go back to school, how does that make you feel? Okay, we're going to um, dismiss our kids now, so I'd like to um, invite them to gather over there with Miss Janet um, by the door. Okay, and so, um, as always, um, we send them out with a blessing. Um, for the adults, it's the, Lord's be, the Lord be with you, and then the young people respond, and also with you. Okay, so are the young people ready over there? Okay, are the adults ready? Okay, here we go. The Lord be with you. All right. Before we... Um, before we have the pastoral prayer um, this morning, I'm, I'm pleased to introduce, I want to take some time to introduce you um, to Justin Rito. I invite Justin to come forward. Justin is here with his family. Erica is in the back, and, um, and his two young children are running around somewhere, crawling around. So um, Justin um, has recently joined the staff here part-time, and he'll be serving as the choir and bell director for the Celebration Community. And we are, this is an exciting addition. Um, welcome. It's a position that we've looked to fill for several years and have just never been able to identify the right person. And through um, just a very providential set of circumstances, we were introduced to Justin. And the conversation with him to get to this point has been entirely delightful. And so we are really excited to welcome him on board. And I want to give him a few moments just to introduce um, himself and to invite you all um, to join him in his ministry over at Celebration. Thanks, Darwin. Hi, everyone. Uh, so as Darwin said, I'm Justin. My wife is Erica, and we have two little ones. Um, Kinsley just ran out with the kids and uh, a one-year-old named Kennedy who's back there on the floor. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, we just feel really lucky and blessed to be joining such a, a, a 
vibrant and, and um, diverse uh, worship community uh, that, that we feel like, you know, fit, fits our family as well. So we thank you for, for inviting us. Um, and if, if you're a person who enjoys singing or, or sang in choir in high school or, or whatever, and you'd like to, to join and, and just come every once in a while and sing, know that you're more than welcome. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll sing a lot of new music and a lot of um, uh, hymns that you probably know. And uh, yeah, I just hope to see some of your faces. I can't wait to get to know all of you, and thanks for welcoming us. Thank you, Justin, and welcome. Let's go before the Lord in prayer, and we'll begin with a reading from Psalm 65. Let us pray. Praise awaits you, O God in Zion. To, your vow, to you our vows will be fulfilled. O you who hear prayer, to you all men will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins and you forgave our transgressions, blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness, O God, our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourselves with strength, who, is, who stilled the roaring of the seas the roaring of their waves. The roaring of their waves and the turmoil of the nations. Those living far away fear your wonders. Where morning dawns and evening fades, you call forth sounds of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your hearts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the desert overflow. The hills are closed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Gracious Father, we thank you that this is your world and that you are the one who governs it, and you are the one who controls it. Lord, we confess as your people, even as we gather here this morning, we confess that this is your world, but sometimes we find ourselves confused by the things going on around us. Help us, Lord, to be a people who trust, who walk by faith, and when things don't make sense to us, that we look to you and find our comfort in who you are. We thank you, Lord, that we are part of a larger community, that we are united together in this, this church with watershed and with celebration, and that this larger community is committed, committed to inviting people to join in the journey of being found in, formed by, and following you. But we thank you, Lord, as a community that we are also part of the larger worldwide church and that we stand with them in bearing witness to the work and grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even as we gather this morning, we pray for our young people, our young people who are headed back to school, our young people who are headed off to college, our young people who may be pursuing um, vocations and other occupations, our young people who may be off to the military. We pray for them. We pray that you will go with them and that in those moments of when they are confused or they feel alone or they feel scared, that your presence might be there to bring peace and comfort. Gracious Father, we pray for our parents in this room. 
our parents who feel the anxiety of their kids going back to school, off to the military, to training, or to college. We pray that you would be with them. And might we, among ourselves as a community, walk with these parents. And might we be a community that not only walks with our parents during this time, but may we be a community that walks with each other, that bears one another's burdens, that rejoices with those who rejoice, that weeps with those who weep, that mourn with those who mourn. May we be a community that's known for caring well for each other. And so we pray for our community. We pray for those who've recently lost a loved one. We pray for those who are struggling with physical and mental health issues. We pray for those who are struggling with issues that we may not even know about. Might we surround each other. Might we care well for each other. Might we demonstrate the grace and the love of Jesus that we've experienced. Demonstrate it to other people and to remind them that God loves them, that God cares for them, and that God will sustain them. And so, Lord, bless our worship service. Equip us to follow you. And may we as a community be a light, a light to those around us that call people and invite people into a living relationship with Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for having me this morning. And JB? Thank you, thank you. And uh, thank you for that warm welcome. Well, I always do this, so I better not break tradition. Good morning. morning. I always say good morning. Good morning. Welcome to uh, Fusion. It's wonderful to be uh, together this morning. My name is Pastor JB. As Darwin said, if we have not met, would love that opportunity to meet. Uh, Also, thank you, I was going to say, for the warm reception of Justin. I think uh, Justin and family, one one of the beauties of being in this Uh, community is opportunities like that. Uh, For those who want to sing in a choir, you know, hey, head over next. Like, it's a beautiful thing. Amen? Amen? All right. Uh, Also, um, we mentioned mentioned parents, we mentioned kids who are going back to school. Teachers, we're with you too. We got you, you know. I'm not going to ask you how you feel, okay? I'm not going to ask you how you feel, but we're with you as well. Uh, just a couple of things to be aware of coming up in the, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, first of all, today, after the service, we've been offering prayer on Communion Sunday. So if, if you have any reason or, any, or no reason, but you'd like to receive prayer this morning, after the service, please come forward. Uh, we'll have a couple of prayer members who would love to pray with you and for you. Uh, also, next Sunday... Um, is, a, is a unique opportunity, but a really awesome opportunity. We've been in this series uh, called Teach Us to Pray. We've been studying the Lord's Prayer, and we've been looking for opportunities to step into new rhythms and uh, new patterns and, and opportunities to pray. Well, next Sunday is one of those opportunities. We're ending the series with really a, a unique service that's focused on prayer and worship, and it's going to be a little bit different. Um, some of the child care opportunities are going to be extended, so you can enjoy that. Um, but uh, there's going to be um, a, a abbreviated worship time focused on some of these movements in the prayer and then we're going to we're going to end a little bit early and then have some prayer stations set up around the room. I'm really excited about this and just really encourage you to check that out. If you're if you're wondering too the prayer stations are going to be there's going to be things for all ages, okay? And so just Take a step of faith, come, enjoy. It's going to be an awesome Sunday as, uh, as we step into practices of prayer. Uh, also, the following week is Labor Day weekend, and so we're going to be doing a combined worship service Labor Day weekend uh, over on the lawn by the pavilion, uh, all three worshiping communities on Labor Day weekend. And then following that, we're going to be having an all-church picnic 
on September 10 after the worship services at Tunnel Park. And that's just another opportunity to kind of get to know and mingle with folks uh, from across campuses. And on, October, on September 10, we're also going to be starting a new series uh, we're, that's called Believe. And so kind of the, the follow-up to the story that we did last fall is a, is a series, Believe, where we're going to be considering what does it mean to think, to, uh, to live, and to act and be like Jesus. And so it's going to be a cool series. There's going to be some books and resources available. And I just went through a lot of announcements. Are you with me? And we got a sermon to get into. All right, so let's, let's jump in. We are wrapping up our sermon series really uh, today, Teach Us to Pray, where we've been intentionally walking line by line through this beloved prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. I don't know about you, but it's been a fun journey. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, but not only enjoyed a series of learning, but I really do hope that you've uh, found opportunities to step into new practices and rhythms, maybe individually, but also as a, as a household or a family. Um, this morning, though, our focus is the final word of Jesus' prayer, and it's really the final word of most of our prayers. It's the word, amen, right? We're going to be studying amen, a word that we frequently use, uh, but, but just have, have we given much thought to what this word actually means? Well, that's our hope this morning. We're going to be exploring this word, amen. What does it mean? Why do we use it at the end of prayers? Why do we say it sometimes during the sermon or during a service? And here's a little hint. It doesn't mean the end, okay? You know, you're done with your prayer, the end. No, it doesn't mean that, uh, but we'll get to what it means. For our scripture reading this morning, we're gonna be using Matthew 6, verses nine through 13, uh, where Jesus teaches his disciples to pray during the ser- in the Sermon on the Mount. Again, we're gonna be using the New King James Version because it includes this portion of the prayer. And if you're willing, if you're able, I invite you to stand as we read, recite, and pray these words that Jesus taught us to pray. I'll begin and invite you to join in together. In this manner, therefore, pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let's continue in praying to our Father in heaven. Father, we do thank you for a beautiful day. And we thank you, Lord, that each and every day your promise is, is to be with us. As we sang, Lord, you are faithful God. Lord, as we, as we study this prayer, continue to study this prayer, as we study this word, amen, Lord, may you once again reveal to us the richness and the depth and the beauty of who you are. And in all of these things, may you continue by the power of your spirit to be forming us more and more into the likeness of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray all these things. God's people say, amen, amen. Uh, back when I was a, a student at Hope College, um, I, I, I was a religion major, and one of those classes I took uh, asked and required of us uh, to, to attend a, a different churches with a whole purpose of kind of experiencing a multitude of different Christian traditions, which was a, an eye-opening and an exciting and a really good experience. And, and since then, I've, I've always just really appreciated stepping into other 
worship contexts. Uh, and, and I've been able to attend a lot of different uh, church contexts, denominations, traditions. I've been able to attend Catholic Mass, uh, more traditional music settings, kind of like across the hall with celebration. I've been able to attend Pentecostal or charismatic church settings. Uh, and I've been able to attend and, and participate in a variety of different churches from uh, a whole host of different ethnic backgrounds in different countries and contexts. And, and each and every one of those experiences have been eye-opening and enlightening and has been a learning experience. It's, it's a really cool thing to do, to witness and to experience, uh, really, as, as Darwin prayed, that, that we are part of this global movement uh, that, is, is that, that it takes place in all different settings and contexts. Uh, and one of the things that I've, I've learned from experiencing a lot of different, different worship contexts is that certain, certain traditions are, uh, are more responsive in worship than others. Amen? Like, there's contexts where I don't have to say amen, right? They're just going to be saying amen, right? And so in, in other contexts, maybe like if I can just say like our own, uh, it can be a little bit of a challenge when, when the pastor doesn't get a whole lot of response. And uh, sometimes maybe uh, this is a little bit of a, con a confession. I might begin to overanalyze some of the, 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 the nonverbals and some of the body language of the folks out here during the sermon. And, and so, I, you know, I might be scanning and kind of looking out there and I'm, I'm thinking, is Chuck mad at me? Or is that just how he listens to a sermon, you know? You know or, or over here, is Roberta sleeping? You know, why, you know, why is that? Or, or, or then, oh my, oh my word, Hank is getting up and he's walking out. Why is he walking out? Did I say something that I didn't realize that I said? And maybe Hank just has to use the restroom. I don't know, right? By the way, hopefully there's no Hanks, Robertas, or Chucks here. Um, I really tried to pick, anyway, I'm not pointing out anyone personally. A little bit of a hyper hyperbolic example, right? But sometimes, uh, so, 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 but, but, but what I do do is when I'm preaching, I'll oftentimes kind of find the person who's kind of smiling and nodding their head, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to lean into that energy right now, okay? <laughs> We're just going to lean into that nodding, smiling energy. Anyway, as I, as I mentioned these kind of, these, kind of th these different responses and different worship styles, one of those favorite responses in worship is the word that we're studying today, right? And it's the word amen, right? And people will, will call out amen in certain contexts freely and openly and with passion, with regularity. And, and I've had the opportunity to preach in some of those contexts. And to be honest, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's really cool to kind of get that energy and that, that interaction. And, uh, and, it, and it really lets preachers know that the people are kind of tracking, which is why you'll notice this, you know this by now, I so often say amen, right? I'm like, I'm like asking for that amen, right? And so let's practice one more time. Amen. Amen. We're, we're going to be saying that a lot just to prepare you. We're going to be saying amen a lot. And so today what I want to do is just explore why do we say amen? And why does the pastor ask you to say amen? What does amen mean? Why do we say it at the end of our prayers? Why do we say it during the sermon or during a worship service? And so let's jump right in and consider this word really at its most basic meaning, amen, which is found in uh, Matthew 6, verse 13. Amen is one of those words that has become so familiar that we might even think that it's an English word, but originally it's not an English word. In the, the New Testament obviously is, uh, maybe not obviously, but the New Testament is written in Greek, in ancient Greek, and so amen is, is in, the New in the New Testament in Greek, but amen in the Greek is actually a transliteration of the Hebrew word amen, which is pronounced amen. Do you want to say that together? 
amen. Yeah, yeah, anyway, that's how you kind of say uh, Hebrew there. But uh, when you say amen, so think about this. When we say amen in English, you're actually speaking English, but you're also speaking Greek, and you're also speaking Hebrew, and it's also been translated in just about every, in every language across the globe. So you're speaking a multitude of languages when you just say amen. And amen literally just means truly, or uh, in, in, in Greek um, lexicons, verily. I don't know anyone who says verily, but truly, verily, or more simply, it just means yes, that's true, or so let it be. In the Greek New Testament, amen is, is used most frequently either at the beginning of a sentence where you say truly, or at the end of a statement or, 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 or a sentence to emphasize kind of agreement and, and, and fact. Like, that's the more familiar use, amen. What's a bit more fascinating, I think, is to explore its Hebrew root and where this word actually comes from in the Hebrew. So let's explore some of the, the Hebrew meaning, uh, looking at kind of a word tree in, in, in the Hebrew language. So a little, a little Hebrew lesson. Uh, in, in the Hebrew language, most words uh, come from a Hebrew root word, which is a verb. And so there's three Hebrew consonants, uh, and, and in the Hebrew language, as we write it now, the, the big letters are the consonants, and then the little, the little markings at the bottom and the top, those are the vowel sounds to kind of help guide how to pronounce the word. But those three Hebrew consonants there is, is the Hebrew word, root word uh, that, that leads to amen, and that is the word aman, and it's aleph, maim, and nun. Those are the three Hebrew word, letters. And the word, that Hebrew word, that verb, literally means confirm or support, but it's most often translated in the Hebrew Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, it's most often translated to believe. In fact, the first use of that word is in Genesis 15, when God confirms his covenant with Abram, and Abram believes, right, to confirm, to support. He believes God, right? But it can also mean, uh, in other places, uh, to be proved, uh, to prove to be firm, reliable, or true. It's used 70, 96 times in the Hebrew Bible. And it's helpful to, 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 to recognize this, but also to look at other words that are stem from this Hebrew root, which are now related words from that same Hebrew word, root. Are you with me? Amen? Amen? Okay, we're tra hopefully we're tracking. The most significant of those words that stem from this Hebrew root are uh, the, the, the nouns emunah and emet. Emet and emunah. Emet is used 127 times in the Hebrew Bible. Emunah is used 49 times in the Hebrew Bible, both with similar meaning, faithful, steadfast, trustworthy truth, uh, all come from this same Hebrew word. Root, root word, which means to believe. And we see this is also where we get the particle or the adverb amen. Do you see the similarity with those, those three Hebrew consonants letters in these four words listed here? In all, all of the words that are derived from the same Hebrew root are used over 300 times in the Hebrew Bible. And I just share all that just to say is it's an important word. It's a word that's used a lot in the Hebrew Bible. Uh, what, and, 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 and you might be thinking, well, that's fascinating, maybe, uh, but so what? Here's my point. As we study this word, amen, what I'm trying to do is trying to build a fuller, a deeper, a more broader understanding of what this simple word, amen, means and gets at, a word that we use almost every single day. And to do that, what I want to do then is to kind of go to a, kind of an English word tree, if you will, uh, using some related English words, starting with true. 
Now again, English roots are a little different. They're not as simple as Hebrew roots, but these are, you can see how these words are all related, right? And it helps us understand the word amen. First consider the, the, the kind of the root word there, true. Um, true, where we would derive related words, truth and trust and trustworthy and trustworthiness. They're all related to this Hebrew root and Hebrew word amen. True, think about true can refer to the words we say, whether they're, a, they're true or they're a lie. But true can also be used in another sense. Um, uh, true can also refer to kind of an object's nature. Think of it this way. If you were um, a construction worker and you were selecting boards of wood, uh, you would call maybe a board of wood true, right? And so a, a true piece of wood is, is, a, is a piece of wood that's, that's str- I'm not a builder, clearly, okay. But a, a true board is one that's flat, right, and straight. That's a true board, right? Uh, it's true to form, right? So truth then makes true kind of more de- definitive and absolute. It might strengthen the word true. Trust, though, think about this word trust. It's, it's related in that it's a response to what is true, so, so if, if, if the wood that, that my construction worker has selected is true, then I can trust the framing of my house. Are you following me? Okay, yeah. So I can trust the framing of my house because the boards that were used were true. And then we get to trustworthy, which is a compound word that describes something that is true and worthy of our trust. So you might say that the builder is trustworthy because he picks true boards that I can trust. Am I taking this too far? Amen. Yeah, humor me, amen. Anyway, you can do something similar with faith, faithful, faithfulness. You just see how these words are related and now we're starting to produce a picture that is fuller, broader, deeper, richer for the meaning behind this word, amen. So let's consider why we use a word like amen to end this formative prayer as well as all of our prayers. Let's talk a little bit about believers. Why do believers use this word amen? Amen. Well, first of all, Jesus says, when you pray, therefore pray in this way, and he ends his prayer with with amen, right? But once we understand the meaning of amen, then it makes all the sense in the world why we would use this word to conclude our prayers because amen literally means truly or or that is true, yes, that is true, or, or true that, right? Or so let it be, or indeed, like that's what amen means, right? And so in a basic sense, amen is a statement of affirmation. Amen is a statement of affirmation, which makes, perfect, it makes it a perfect way to end a prayer or to join in a prayer, a conclusion of a prayer after someone else has prayed. So when someone else has prayed and other people say, amen, you're saying like, that prayer was true. Like, I agree with that prayer. It's true. And it also makes complete sense why in some church traditions, people would call out amen during the sermon, right? Because when you're calling out amen, you're like, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm following that. I'm tracking that. That is true. And it's also why this pastor will ask for amens. It's kind of my way of saying, are you with me? Are you tracking? Amen? Right? Amen. There we go. Thank you. you. You caught it. Are you in agreement? You say amen. And so we totally get why believers say and use this word amen. In fact, the Apostle Paul then will actually address the power of this spoken amen in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And it also kind of helps lead us to our next point. But, but let's put that on the screen. He writes this to start off his second letter to the, the church in Corinth. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. Right, skipping ahead to, to verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. 
And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And I think, duh, right? Paul is right, right? We speak the amen to God's glory in this one word. What are we saying? We are saying that this prayer of Jesus, this Lord's prayer that he taught us to pray is true. It's trustworthy. It's what we believe. It's what we put our faith in. And so we say amen. Which, a little side note, I think this is interesting, but the Heidelberg Catechism, uh, we read, I think last week we read part of the Heidelberg Catechism. The last question and answer in the Heidelberg Catechism is on Amen. So what a fitting end to the catechism that kind of summarizes the the teachings of the Reformed faith, right? Also, the last word in the scriptures in Revelation, amen. It's just a fitting, beautiful word to say that this is true. This is is an act of, of faith for the believer to speak amen. It is an act of faith. It's an act of belief. It's an act of faith. And it's, but it's really just one small piece of the puzzle, right? Because we say amen, but we say amen because we're pointing to something beyond ourselves, right? We're pointing to who is true, who is trustworthy, and that is the God that we pray to our Father in heaven. Let's talk a little bit about our God, our Father in heaven. When we say amen, it's important to remember who we're really directing those amens to, or at least who we ought to be directing those words of affirmation. We say, amen, that is true. Yes, let it be. During a worship service, during a worship context, during when the pastor's saying amen, uh, we're not directing that, those amens to the pastor. We're not directing them really to the worship leader or the prayer leader. Ultimately, we're we're not saying that the pastor is true. We're not saying that the prayer leader is trustworthy. We're not saying that the worship pastor is faithful. But rather, when we say amen, it reminds us that it is our God, our Father in heaven, who is true, trustworthy, and faithful. Can I get an amen? We're directing those to God, right? In fact, the scriptures outline this as one of the core character traits of the Lord who identifies himself as he shares his name with Moses. One of the most core passages in all of the Hebrew Bible, Exodus 34, verses 5 through 7. We read this, the Lord came down in a cloud, stood there with him, referring to Moses, and proclaimed his name, the Lord, Yahweh. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming these words, the Lord, the Lord, or Yahweh, Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. That same Hebrew word, the Hebrew root word uh, that, that derives this word emet, faithfulness. If that's not clear enough, consider this passage from Isaiah 65, verse 16. The prophet declares these words, He who blesses himself in the land shall bless himself by the God of truth, and he who takes an oath in the land shall swear by the God of truth. Well, we just got to focus in on God of truth. What what does that mean? Go back to the Hebrew. The Hebrew there is Eloheha, amen, or amen, right? God, amen. When we say by the, the God of truth is by the God, amen. And so what does that mean? The God of amen, the God who is amen, the God of truth, yes. We, we worship and we, we say amen because when we say it, our hearts and our minds are directed to the God who is amen. The God who is true, the God who is trustworthy, the God who is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, emmet. The God of amen. And here, and let's take it one step further because 
God understands how people process information. And, um, and so he, he doesn't just give us kind of abstract ideas. These words are kind of abstract ideas. God is faithful, God is true, God is trustworthy. It's kind of in the abstract. But God also, throughout the scriptures, gives us these concrete images that, that kind of that kind of helps us hold on to something to help us understand what does it mean that God is faithful? What does it mean that God is trustworthy? What does it mean that God is true? And one of my favorite images of God in the scriptures is God is rock. I love that. That God is our, our rock. Why? Why, why is that so important? Why, think, about what a ro- think about a rock. A rock, particularly like giant boulders or mountains, like rocks are trustworthy. They're steady. They're not going anywhere, right? They're unchanging. They're immovable. Just, we were just at the beach yesterday. I think about um, on our beautiful beaches here in West Michigan, we have piers and we have lighthouses, right? And, and what's lining those piers on either side? These massive boulders and rocks. Why? Because there's strength, there's security, there's steadiness. There's something true in those rocks that keep those piers safe and protected. It's a picture of the God of Amen. God as rock. A couple instances in the scripture where God is spoken of as rocks. Deuteronomy 32, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just he is. Or one of my favorite psalms, and it's one of my favorites because it's one of the psalms that that we use for the baptism of our kids. And we have this rock, and on that rock are these words. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. There is something powerful about this image that we can see, touch, and hold of a rock. And that's how true, trustworthy, and faithful our God is. So think about this. Now when the pastor, this pastor in particular, because I do it all the time, calls for you to say amen, Amen. Or even, I know this might be a stretch, but even when the pastor doesn't ask for an amen, amen. thank you, you, got, you caught it, you might feel a little bit better about calling out amen because when you do, we all know what you mean, that you're directing the whole community's minds and hearts to the God who is true, to the God who is trustworthy, to the God who is faithful like a rock, the one we can trust and put our faith in. And the pastor again asks for an amen. Amen. And that is good. We got one more thing to say. There's more. This faithful God revealed all this perfectly in and through his son, Jesus Christ who now we say is the rock. Jesus quotes Psalm 118 and proclaims that that he is the solid rock, that he is the cornerstone. He says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. And the New Testament authors will affirm that Jesus is our cornerstone, that Jesus is our rock. And then go to the the Gospel of John. Jesus, when when he's comforting his disciples, because he's telling them he's about to leave, he points to himself, right? And saying that Jesus is not only true, and what Jesus says is true, but Jesus will say, no, I am actually the truth. And he says this to his disciples, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is true, but Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the rock on which we build our lives. And then finally, I think I was just, just looking at amen in the New Testament. This just jumped off the screen. This word amen in the New Testament is used over 100 times. In the, in the Gospels, Jesus uses this word 75 times, uses amen. And almost exclusively, in fact, aside from in this prayer, almost exclusively, Jesus uses it at the beginning of a sentence, the beginning of a statement, as part of this kind of familiar formula. Truly I say to you, think about how many times. Jesus uses that formula 75 times. Truly I say to you, and then goes on to teach something. Translation, what Jesus is saying, what I'm about to say, what comes out of my mouth, it is true. It is, it is reliable. It is trustworthy. What I say, Jesus is saying, is true. Truly I say to you. Now contrast in the New Testament letters, the epistles of Paul and other writers, the word amen is used 28 times. And almost exclusively it's used at the end of a sentence often part of a benediction or prayer. Some examples for through him and uh, to him and all things and to him the glory forever, amen. Now the God of peace be with you all, amen. Part of this benediction. Translation, God is true. Jesus is true. Pointing back to the one who is true. Jesus says at the beginning of a sentence, truly what I'm about to say is true. When the, the church, when members of the church, disciples of Jesus use it, they're pointing back to Jesus, pointing back to God the Father who is the truth, who is reliable, who is faithful and trustworthy. So when we say amen, we're not only saying God the Father is true, trustworthy and faithful, but we're also affirming that Christ is the truth who leads us to the Father. Can I get an amen? Amen is a beautiful word packed with meaning and significance. A word we use to affirm uh, and agree with a word that's spoken, prayed, or sung that points beyond ourselves to God. And it's true that there are certain communities that, that use this word with more passion and zeal that will openly call out amen and freely and loudly. And, and there's other communities that need a little prompt to get there. And in both instances, let me just say, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I will say that it is, I think, good to get outside our comfort zones, to experience other traditions, to, to learn from the broader global body of Christ. And when you have those opportunities, that's a beautiful thing. I think that's a lovely, awesome thing to learn from other Christian traditions. But what I think is even more important that I've come to realize in a specific way this week is to be deeply committed to a local body. To be deeply committed to, to one local body of believers. In just a moment, we're about to partake in communion, a sacrament that unites us with the global body of Christ. It's a beautiful picture but it also unites us with the local representation of Christ's body here at Hardawake and here in Fusion as well. And, and those, all the, both those realities are so important and beautiful. But today, what I wanna do is just emphasize the importance of the local body. Because there are days and there will be days and there will be weeks and there will be months 
when it will be difficult to say and mean amen. There'll be days, there'll be seasons when it's hard to say amen. That's true what you just said. Amen, the words that we just sang, that's true. It's gonna be hard when someone prays to be like, amen, I agree with that prayer because we live in a broken world. This past week was a hard one for our family. Many of you know this. We said goodbye to our dog of 12 years, Stryker. Tuesday, we're at the dinner table and we're praying. It just happened to be Emmy's turn to pray. And she always starts her prayers the same way. But on this Tuesday, this is how she prayed. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. That's what she, she always begins her prayer that way. She says, dear Jesus, thank you for this day. I think. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day, I think. See, friends, sometimes it's hard to say amen. Sometimes it's hard to say God, you, you, to say amen. The reality is God is true, God is trustworthy, God is faithful, and this is why, though we need a local body who knows us, who supports us, who walks with us, it's so important because when it's hard for us to say amen, we have a whole congregation who will say for us and strengthen our amen and say together in one voice, amen. There's a powerful uh, picture in the uh, Old Testament scriptures, it's in Exodus 17, Exodus 17, after Moses strikes the rock and water comes gushing out of this rock, there's, there's a battle. The people of God have this battle uh, with the Amalekites, Am- Am- right? And so there's this battle happening and Moses is standing on, on this mountain overlooking the battle. And whenever Moses has his arms raised, the Israelites are winning. Are you familiar with this? And whenever, but then his arms start getting tired and when they start going down, they start losing. And he's like, he's like getting tired because like holding your hands up like that would, be really tiring. But then we're told that, that Aaron and her kind of come beside him and they hold his hands up for him. In verse 12, we read this, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady. Same root word, emuna. It's the first time emuna is found in the scriptures. That Moses needs help from two other Israelites to remain steady and faithful. We gather around this table as the body of Christ to remember that God demonstrated his amen, the fact that he is true, trustworthy, and faithful. And he's did so by by stepping into this mess, sending his son Jesus Christ to step into this mess, to lay down his life so that we might find life both now and forevermore. This bread and this cup is a tangible picture of the God of amen. God's people say, amen. Let's prepare our hearts. Join with me in a word of prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your scriptures, that you are a God who is true, that you are a God who is trustworthy that you are a God who is faithful, that you are a God who is steady and reliable. 
And Lord, we thank you that, that, that we can use these words and, and they have this significance and they have this meaning. But Lord, you give us these tangible reminders of that truth. We see it when we look, yes, at, at, a, at giant boulders at the state park or we see it at the strength of a mountain. But Lord, we also see it in the profound simplicity and beauty of a loaf of bread and a cup of wine or juice. Lord, we pray that in this moment, as we partake together, Lord, would you remind us of your faithfulness? That God, you loved us so much that you wouldn't leave us in our brokenness, you wouldn't leave us in the mess of this world, in the light, in the, the mess and the brokenness of our lives in this world. But Lord, you stepped into that mess. You took on that brokenness, Lord Jesus, upon yourself. And you died. You gave your life willingly so that we might have life both now and forever. You are faithful, good, true, and trustworthy. Help us to embrace and grasp this truth as we partake in a piece of bread and a cup of juice to be reminded of the good news of this gospel. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray. And God's people say together, amen. Just some brief instructions. Uh, we'll be partaking in communion. Uh, after you are invited, when you are ready, we just invite you to come forward down the, the side center aisles. Uh, partake at the station. You'll you can take a piece of bread, take a cup of juice. You can partake there at the tables or you can bring it back to your seat, contemplate a little bit. Um, this is a time to, to remember and believe all that Jesus has done. If uh, you need gluten-free, there's a gluten-free station in the back. You can go that way. Or if, you'd, if you would prefer or need to be served at your place, just raise a hand and someone will serve you where you are seated. But friends, we come and we remember that our God is faithful. And so we remember that on the night Jesus, that final night Jesus was with his disciples, the Lord Jesus took bread and after giving thanks to God, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the same way, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Whenever you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. Our God demonstrated his love, demonstrated his faithfulness in giving his son. And his son, Jesus Christ, laid down his life so that we might experience a complete forgiveness of all of our sins. If you believe this truth, even just a little bit, if you're struggling to believe this truth this morning, you are welcome to experience his grace in a tangible way. Invite our servers to come forward and then come, for all things are now ready. Great is the Lord God Almighty.
to stand and worship with us.
together. Amen. I, uh, as we were just partaking in communion, you know, I, something struck me that, and Yvonne tells me all the time I give a second sermon, so I'll try to make this brief. But, um, it's easy to feel alone right now. It's just easy to feel alone. And as I, as I just watch the stream of our community coming forward, um, recognizing that, like, Christians have been doing what we just did for 2,000 years. Millions and millions and millions of people across the world. There's no, there's no movement of humanity like it um, throughout 2,000 years. We're not alone. And each and every one of them is on this, this solid rock of Jesus, which is far vaster and more secure than any of the rocks along the lake shore or whatever, Right? Jesus is our solid rock. And so as you go from here, know that you're not alone. And if you want to experience a little of the, some of that, that rock, uh, come forward for some prayer, enjoy some fellowship. There is something precious and beautiful about the local church when the local church is living in to her call. Can I get an amen? 
receive God's blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father Almighty, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. And God's people say, amen. amen. Go in peace. So